0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tech Unwreck, brought to you by Vivacity Tech PBC. Tech Unwreck is a podcast for educators and technology experts in the K 12 space to learn, share, and grow their knowledge on ways to unwreck their school tech. I'm Nikki, your host. You know, there's a saying that goes, never meet your heroes, they might disappoint you. But I can honestly say that meeting Eric Kurtz, tech integrationist, writer, Google for Education, certified trainer and innovator, and blogger behind ControlAllAchieve.com was an absolute delight. I've been a huge fan of his for a long time, admiring not only how he explains things, but also the captivating voice with which he delivers his insight. Enjoy our chat on artificial intelligence and how AI is changing the education landscape. Eric? Thank you for joining me this morning to talk all about AI in the
1: classroom. I My really pleasure. appreciate it. Absolutely. It's
0: been about how long? A month or so since I've seen you last? Yeah,
1: at, at ISTE, we had a great time, and I really enjoyed getting to learn more about you guys, and uh, uh, it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, and that is really why we're here today, because at ISTE, one of the presentations that you did um, on the vivacity stage was talking about AI. Yes. It is the new buzzword right now in education. Oh, Line. So I thought we would kick off just by defining that term, yeah. what is AI, okay. and then kind of just talk through how it, how you're seeing it used in that classroom setting.
1: You bet. Okay. Yes, yeah, so in general, when we talk about AI, in general, we typically are meaning anytime a computer is doing something that we would normally think a human would be needed for, such as processing language or making decisions, seeing patterns, drawing conclusions. However, that's a broad term because that encompasses loads of tools we've been using for years. If you use Google Translate, if you use Docs of voice typing, if you use Gmail Smart Compose, that's all AI But we've had that for years. I think what's really got people's attention is generative AI. And that's what's really hit things recently with ChatGPT and BARD and other tools like that. And when we talk about generative AI, we're more specifically talking about an AI that has been trained with billions of pieces of information. And then from that, it can generate new content. So it's not just looking things up. It's not just finding things for you. It's generating new text. New images, new code, new music. It's making content based upon the prompts you've given it and the conversation you have with it.
0: It is a new technology, sense <laughs> the buzzwords. And with that, there always comes concerns from teachers. Oh, yeah. So in... in thinking about our audience and the teachers that are listening to this, some of the concerns that they have is that it's going to take over teaching in some type of way. Very similar to the internet when that first came out, it was being used in the classroom. So one of the things that you talked about at ISTE were those concerns that teachers have and how to address them. So how do we support teachers in understanding that this tool could be really beneficial in that classroom and kind of help them to relieve some of those concerns that they have
1: about AI? Well, that's a big question. Uh, So we can answer it in a bunch of different ways, a bunch of different parts. But one of the first things that I would say is um, I I do speak a lot about exactly what you're saying, that concern that this could replace a teacher or massively impact what's happening in the classroom. There's a session I do um, where I talk about uh, what should our response be to this? And what I tie it back to was something that happened, oh my gosh, over 20 years ago. And that was IBM developed a, uh, an AI type computer called Deep Blue. And it was designed to play chess. And it was their plan was to see if a computer could beat a human at playing chess. And people were like, no, this isn't possible. A computer could never beat a human. Well, Deep Blue got better and better and better. and was beating more and more and more humans. And eventually, the goal was to have it go up against Gary Kasparov, who was the greatest chess player ever. And it did, and it beat him. And it sent shockwaves to the world. Oh, my gosh, you know, a computer has beat the best chess player in the world. And they asked him an interview afterwards that I think is really important for us as educators when we think about AI. They said, so, Gary, does this mean that a computer is now the best chess player in the world and i usually liken that to say when you look at ai and you look at all the power here do we say oh my gosh does that mean a computer is the best teacher is a is a computer going to replace is a i going to replace teachers well his answer i think it's our answer he responded by saying well you know what i'll give it to you the best chess player in the world is not a human but the best chess player in the world is not a computer the best chess player in the world is a human using a computer. And he went on to form what's called advanced chess, or sometimes it's called centaur chess or Ivanov chess, where basically now it's a human partnered with a computer playing against another human partnered with a computer. And it has raised their ability to you know, do things in chess beyond what they ever imagined. It's the idea of getting the best of the computer and the best of the human working together. And so that's why I try to encourage, first of all, just as a philosophy going into this, that the best way we can be the best teachers is to take advantage of what technology offers us, take advantage of all the great things it can do, and the best things we can do working together. And if we go into it with that sort of a mindset that we're not, this is not an opponent, this is not something to be feared or to be rejected or to be ignored but something to be embraced then I think we're going into it with the right idea because oh my gosh there are so many amazing things that can do um, you know we could go down those trails if you want to chat about all the ways that AI can come alongside a teacher and come alongside a student uh, the way I like to think of it is it's like every teacher now if they choose to they now have a 24hour personal assistant who can just work with them and every student, has a 24-hour personal tutor who can just work alongside them. And so this can help with, you know, personalizing materials to meet students where they're at. It can help with analyzing data. It can help with inspiration for writing. It can help with researching any topic. It can help with daily tasks. It can help with coding. There are so many ways that I can come alongside and help us not to overlook. Yes, there are concerns, and we do need to address those too, whether it's You know, academic integrity, you know, concerns about students cheating or data privacy or equity or uh, incorrect information or biases. There are things we do have to address as well.
0: Yeah. And as the teacher, you should, right? And kind of set the groundwork and the foundation, those expectations. And then you're teaching the students about how to use the tool in the ways that you just said as a guide. And who doesn't want to be able to have that additional support? Oh, as a teacher, if I had just an extra Brain to
1: work things through our set
0: of hands,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so so I want to take that a step further. Let's talk about all of these cool benefits. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned was adaptive learning, yep. another big buzzword that is out there right now. Mm-hmm. So, any examples of how generated AI can? support students and really cater to a student's individual needs in the classroom? Oh well,
1: absolutely. I mean probably one of the most common that we talk about a lot of times is just taking a reading passage and um, making it easier for the student to comprehend and interact with it. It could be something as simple as this taking a reading passage, running it through ChatGPT or BARD or Claude or whichever one you want to use and say, hey, can you rewrite this passage at a lower lexile level or a particular grade level and the ai can do that very well it can take the content you've given it and it can rewrite it can rephrase it without losing any of the important information but putting it at a level that the student is going to understand and we've had tools like this you know like um New-Zella or news ela that you know would take an article and have it at five different levels well, to be able to just do that yourself, that's fantastic. So it could be that. It could be a matter of saying, okay, let's take this text and let's get it written at a level that's appropriate for the student. But it could also just be saying, okay, um, Bard or ChatGPT, here's this text. (laughs) Pull out 10 key words in here that might be challenging for a student. Make a bullet list for them with a simplified uh, definition for each one of them. And now, when we have the student read that article, we're providing support right alongside with them. Okay, well, here's some key things you're going to come across. Here are some definitions for that, or just a bullet point summary of it. So, as simple as that, just being able to take the content and put it at a level that that student is going to understand. That's a great option there. Now, there's lots of other possibilities. Uh, you know the idea of having a student be able to get assistance while they work through a problem. Uh, I, I tried this out with a, a math story problem. I was a math teacher, so I, I, I fired up Chat GPT and Bard, and I reached one of them, I'm saying, "Okay, you know, here's this story problem I've got to solve. Don't give me the answer. Just help me work through it. Tell me, you know, ask me questions so I can work through this." And they did a beautiful job of saying, "Okay, well, you know." So for the first thing, you know, we need to find a way to represent this. How how can we do that? You know, and it went back and forth, walking me through step by step by step. And that's the thing I love about it. Like we said, about having that personal tutor, there's only one of you and 25 students that you're working with or 30 students, you know, you don't have the time, the ability to give everybody that much personalized attention if the AI can come alongside provide some of that, and then you can follow back around afterwards. That's fantastic. Those are just a couple of quick examples.
0: You said something that I want to kind of backtrack on and then continue that conversation about not only how teachers can use chat GPT, which you mentioned, but also the student. But again, before getting to that, you mentioned Chat GPT yeah. and you mentioned
1: BARD. Yeah. So
0: tell us a little bit more about those two sure. AI tools.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, there are a few major AI tools out there right now. So ChatGPT is a large language model created by OpenAI. BARD is a large language model uh, that is created by Google. Now, there's others. There's Claude. You may have heard me mention that. That's from Anthropic. Um, those are probably the three big ones. There are certainly others out there as well. Meta has released several as well. Though The people used to be Facebook, Meta, uh, they've got uh, several that they've released a- as well. And But if we look at what probably most people are focusing on right now, yeah, I would say Chat, GPT, and Bard are the two that are getting most of the attention. And they're very similar. I mean, they're both large language models where the companies have trained the AI on billions of pieces of information, and you can go and chat with those large language models, asking questions and getting all this feedback from them. Uh, as far as what would be, you know, different between them, um, you know, ChatGPT does have multiple versions. There's the free version, which is 3.5. There's the paid version, which is version four. Uh, Bard at the moment doesn't do that. It's just one version that everybody has access to and there's not a cost for it. Now, might there be in the future different versions and different costs? Who knows? But right now uh, it is just one version. Um, there are some other small differences like when you are chatting with Bard uh, and it gives you a response there's a really neat uh, button at the bottom to have it reword the response you can click and say I want this to be shorter longer more formal more casual you know etc now we can always just ask it to do that too but that's cool that it has that button built right in Bard also does something different in that it generates, three responses every time you ask it a question. So it gives you the response, but at the top, you can go to different drafts. So if that response didn't quite work for you, you can go up to the draft button and say, let me look at draft two, let me look at draft three. And so I like that as well. That's a neat thing. Bard also will read the answers aloud to you, and you can speak your your requests to it. So it does help support text-to-speech and speech-to-text as well. Having said that, ChatGPT, uh, for those that use version four, the paid version, I would still put that as, in my opinion, the most powerful AI model that I've seen yet, whereas I would put the free version of art that we have and the free version of Chat GPT uh, 3.5 as very, very similar to each other in power. So that's a little bit of comparison between the two at the moment.
0: So now that we've gotten that out of the way, talked about those different AI tools that are out there, want to go back to the question about all of the cool benefits because you've mentioned some on the teacher side, but in terms of the student side, let's help our listeners to better understand how it could be used in the classroom because essentially... What I see happening is that AI is going to be working alongside some of these traditional teaching methods that exist in the classroom. So how do we support students and help them to understand how to use AI to their benefit?
1: Well, you know, certainly there's going to be a need to train our students, to educate our students on the use of AI appropriately. I think that they're going to be leading the way as far as jumping into it, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily using it right. And so as a side note, I'll say, I don't have like hard data on this, but when I have done trainings, many times I'll ask the audience, which would be educators, how many of you have used ChatGBT? How many of you used Bard? And it's really small at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm always, you know, surprised to see it is, you know, two or three hands that go up in an entire room. So a lot of educators have been hesitant to dive in and use this yet, but not so with the students. You know, they are using the tool. They are diving in. And so. That is, I think, a reason more than ever that educators need to be trying these out. If you haven't tried out ChatGPT or BARD, you really need to. They're free. You know, there's a free version of ChatGPT and BARD is free. You can log in with your Google account. You can start using it. And it's important that we as educators use this day in and day out and understand what it can do because our students are already using it. it. And we want to make sure that we are guiding them in the proper use of it. You know... On on the, I won't say negative end, but on the the concerned end of things, we need to make sure we're explaining to our students what is appropriate from an academic integrity point of view. Now, this is going to be different from class to class. Not everybody's going to agree upon how much AI is okay. Just take the idea of writing a paper. So a student's going to write a paper. How much can they use AI to help them with that? Now, there could be a teacher who says, okay, you know, Can the AI help you brainstorm? And the teacher may say, yep, that sounds fine. So that's good, okay. Can the AI help you write an outline of your paper? A teacher may say, that's fine. Another teacher may say, no, no. When it comes to outlining, you need to do that. Well, I don't know. There's not a right or wrong. That's going to depend upon the teacher to decide on that. Can the AI provide you feedback? After you've written your rough draft, some educators would be like, yeah, absolutely. That's great. I would do the same. The AI is going to do it. That's great. As long as it's not rewriting it for them, giving feedback is fine. But where do you draw the line? You know, can the AI paraphrase things you've written? Well, I would start to feel, no, we've probably gone too far now. now. Now it's doing the writing for you. That doesn't, but that's the kind of thing that as a teacher, I don't know if it's individually for that class, if it's the grade level, if it's the school, if it's the district, but guidelines will need to be decided and communicated clearly to the students about, well, this is what's appropriate in our classroom here. So on one hand, yes, we need to educate them about that and educate them about how Don't believe everything the AI says. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it makes mistakes. It can sound incredibly confident, which is one of the, the, the challenges here. It sounds like it knows what it's saying, but it can make mistakes. And so we can't just throw out the skills we've been trying to develop for years on, you know, evaluating content that we come across online. So that's important as well as biases. I mean, it's trained on. The Internet, that's where it got its information from. Well, you know, the Internet's from us humans, and us humans can be pretty biased sometimes. You know, and so it's important that students understand that. On the positive side, though, right, it's showing the students, well, how can you use this to assist you? And it could be some of the things we've already mentioned, like, you know, just uh, saying, uh, you know, I need to read this passage. Can you give me a summary of it? But there's so many other ways a student could interact with AI. I mean, it could be a matter of just wanting to learn about a topic. Go to AI and say, explain this topic to me, and then follow that rabbit hole down wherever it leads. You can keep asking question after question after question as you dig into a topic you're interested in. Other cool things we could do with it. Have the student debate the AI I tried this and yes. it was so much fun. So basically what I did was you give it a pretty clear prompt. You say, this is how we're going to do our debate. And so I structure what the debate's going to look like. But what I ended up picking was the topic of how do you pronounce a GIF? Is it GIF or JIF? And so I said, okay, AI, you're going to go with soft G. You're going to go with JIF. I'm going to go with GIF and we're going to have a debate. And it took me like half an hour as I went back and forth with him. We went through four different arguments, you know, giving a reason and rebutting and stuff. It was Fantastic, the critical thinking that I had to go through as I did that. Or have the student have a conversation with the AI as if it was a character from a book or a person from history or somebody from a different culture. Uh, the one I did with that was um I said, I want you to be a 20-year-old uh Iroquois male from uh 1650 living in upstate New York. And I want to interview you about what it's like, you know, the the, the life of this Native American. And it was awesome. I just kept asking questions, you know, what's your daily life like? Have you had any interactions with the Europeans? You know, tell me about your tribe. And it was amazing. That engagement for students to be able to learn about a topic interactively like that, I think is fantastic. So and those are just a couple of ideas. There's lots and lots of other things we can do to help our students realize how, again, this can come alongside and help them. Yeah.
0: I, to your point, I just did a training last week at a school and a teacher had asked, like, give me just three easy ways that if I wanted to introduce this in my class, baby steps, just dip my toe in the water here, how could I do it? And one of the suggestions that I had was the debate about. Because it is so fascinating. And for the student, they really have to think through how they're prompting the AI, right? Like they think asking the question is so easy, but you really, it does require all that critical thinking to continue that conversation, to get the answer that you're looking for. We also talked about writing. Yes. The teacher had mentioned that one of the challenges that she faces as a teacher is providing students feedback that is meaningful and in a a specific amount of time. So my suggestion was, how about you allow the students to ask the feedback to the AI? Mm -hmm. And the light bulb effect that we see so often with kids, I saw with her, and she was like, yes. I can definitely put this back on my students. And again, that critical thinking piece, they're seeing that feedback, they're able to to draft out or look back over, rewrite all these skills that we practice in the classroom, right? But for the teacher, it's really about a a frame of mind, changing that frame of mind and using the tool like you keep saying as an extra set of hands.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Writing's a big one. Absolutely. Whether it's brainstorming ideas, whether it's creating an outline, whether it's helping you during the writing process, whether it's giving feedback at the end. Absolutely. Uh, I use it personally with my writing. Uh, there's a lot of things I will say, well, give me some ideas here. You know, Help me brainstorm this. I'm going to be writing a blog post on a certain topic or I'm going to be doing a presentation on something. Here's some of my ideas I've got, which I think, and again, that comes back to prompting. You know, I don't just say, what should I do? Give me the answers. I'm like, okay, here's three things I'm already thinking, you know, how could we build on this? You know, and then the AI will put in, you know, other ideas. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I could include that. You know, that's great. Or afterwards, when I'm done, just feeding it what I've written and say, Let me know what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, what suggestions do you have here? And again, I think if teachers also use this in their daily life, they will better understand the potential, the power, what it can do, what it can't do, what works well, what doesn't. So absolutely good stuff.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's talk Google. Yeah you do a lot of trainings on Google and the apps. And so I'm curious, as we continue to see how AI transforms as a tool and also as a tool in the classroom, is there anything in the scope for Google that they are doing to to implement AI in the tools that exist in Google Workspace for
1: Education? Yeah, absolutely. Now, again, Google has been using AI for years. So we absolutely have had AI inside of a lot of different tools in different ways. But for as far as generative AI goes, yes, absolutely. So right now today, anybody has access to BARD, but um, what is starting to come is their um, integration of generative AI into their individual products. Now, I'm a trusted tester, so I get early access to some of these tools. And so some of the things that are coming Soon, I don't have a date as to when these are going to be available for the general usage, but is AI being integrated into docs, sheets, and slides, for example, AI being integrated into Gmail, AI being integrated into search, and a new AI tool called Notebook LM. So just a couple of those quick things. So for example, in docs, when I go into Google docs, I get a little sparkly pencil that says, help me write. And so right inside of docs, I can click on that and I can say, help me write a letter to the parents welcoming them to the new school year or something like that. And it will help me write to that. Or I can select text I've already written and I can say, you know, help me revise this, you know, uh, make this simpler or give me feedback on this or elaborate on this. So what's nice is, yeah, I could go out to Bard, I could go out to ChatGPT and I could ask it those things and I could copy and paste it over into Docs, but it's actually integrated right into Google Docs so that when we or students student is using Docs, we'll have that AI right there helping us. Now, Google Slides has AI as well the first piece they've rolled out is help me visualize. What that does is it generates images. So basically, if I'm creating a slideshow and I'm looking for the perfect picture to go along with something and I can't find it, I click insert image, help me visualize, and it pops up this panel where I describe what I want and it does text to image generation. It's not finding a picture, it's creating the picture. And then I can just add that picture right into my slideshow. So the student is writing a story and they want to illustrate their story. No matter how fanciful the story is, the AI can make an image for them and they can put that right in. And uh, they will be adding more to slides. It's going to also do uh, AI generation of uh, audio and video as well. But right now we just have the image portion. Google Sheets. It has added AI. We can use it to create a table for, like, I'm a big board gamer. And so, like, I went in and said... Help me organize all my board games, you know, and it created, you know, the table with all the drop downs and all the categories. And again, that's continuing to be expanded where it'll be able to analyze all the data that you have in the sheet. You can just ask questions, and the AI will go through and analyze your data. Gmail has added AI. If I'm writing a message, again, it can help me with that. Google search, same thing. And when I run a Google search, instead of just getting websites, there's an AI. A section that appears at the top where I can chat with the AI in my Google search. And then, like I said, there's a new product called Notebook LM. And this is a really cool one from Google where what you're able to do is interact with the normal AI that we've got through Google, but you're also able to point it to files in your Google Drive. So I can say, listen, Here are here's a folder, here's a whole bunch of files, and I want to be able to chat with you about my files. And so this allows it to be more of a personal thing. I'm not just asking the AI what it knows about everything out on the internet in the world, but I'm saying, here's all my notes from the semester. Here's everything I've taken. Let's chat about all of that. So a student could have the AI help them review everything that they've done or help them find, you know, uh, you know, facts or information out of all their notes, or maybe just throwing a bunch of articles into a folder and saying, help me analyze all these articles. What are the similarities? What are the differences between these? And so that basically it's your own, your own personal bard, your own personal AI that you can interact with. So those are just a couple of the Google AI products that we're seeing rolling out. And they've got a lot more of them that, that they've hinted at as well.
0: Yeah, your wealth of knowledge is always so appreciated. I I just feel like we could have this conversation for hours, and just as well, you know, take so. Well, much.
1: I am learning right alongside with you. I mean, as much as I know, I am constantly learning every day, and thankfully, there's so many people who are sharing so generously their experiences and their ideas. Every time I do a presentation. You know, I I start off by saying I'm so excited to be here to learn with you today, not to present to you today, because I want to learn with the audience. There's always something somebody's going to share. Well, what about this? Or they've come across something, and so we're all we're all in this together.
0: Okay. So, how do we continue this conversation? How can our listeners and our followers continue to have this topic? Um, and, and hear more about what you have to say. Tell us how they can connect with you.
1: Yeah. So my website is Control Alt Achieve. So controlaltachieve.com. That's my blog. That's where I share all of my resources there. And that's the easiest place to go as like the central spot. So if you go to ControlAltAchieve.com, I've got a tab at the side that says connect. You can go there and there's all my social media. my YouTube. I've got a weekly newsletter. I've got an email discussion group. I've got a Facebook discussion group. I've got so many ways people can connect with me. And I just encourage people find a way that works for you. If you prefer to get a newsletter sent to you, great. If you prefer to join the Facebook group, great find how you want to connect. And I just try to provide a lot of options for that. On the topic of AI specifically, I have a a document at bit.ly slash Kurtz-AI. So uh, that will take people to my main AI document from which I link in all of my training videos and resources and loads of examples on how AI can be used. So that would be another good hub for people to go. And at the bottom of that document, again, bit.ly slash Kurtz-AI, at the very bottom of that document, uh, I actually have the last thing in that document (laughs) is coincidentally exactly what you asked, how do we keep learning? How do we stay informed? And I've got a whole list of things I have used to learn and stay informed. I've got lists of books that people have put out, whether it's, you know, Matt Miller's book or Donnie Piercy's book or, you know, Holly Clark's book. Uh, there's so many out there, uh, YouTube channels on AI that I subscribe to, um, Facebook groups that I've joined on AI podcasts about AI. I've listened to, um, instructional options like, uh, there, there's a Microsoft course that's free that you can take on AI and education. All of that is at the very bottom end of that document. And I keep adding more to that. As I find more ways to learn about AI.
0: Okay. So, audience, you heard that. This is your <laughs> challenge to go to that bit.ly and continue with the learning. We definitely have to do a part two of this podcast. I feel like we are really just hitting the surface of what AI can offer. But thank you, Eric, so oh, much absolutely. for your time. It was a pleasure.
1: Thank you so very much.
0: Yeah, have a great day. Thanks for listening to Tech on Unrec- If you had as much fun as we did and want to keep exploring new ways to Unrec Tech, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. You can stay connected and see what we're up to by following us on Instagram at TechUnreck
1: and on X at TUnreck.